awesome worship team. Y'all want to say thank you to them? Including Mitch. Including Mitch. If any children want to be dismissed, uh, Brother Nick's back there ready to receive any children who want to go back to Children's Church. All are welcome. None are forced or compelled, uh, but you are welcome to go. Um, He's right there. Brother Nick, step right in here again so that they can see you, okay? And y'all kids, be nice to Brother Nick. He needs it. All right. All right, see you later, kids. The song, the song that we just sang kind of echoes what we, what we sang at the very beginning, right? There's, we welcome you. We welcome you here. We welcome your presence. And, and this is a song of prayer. We need to be in your presence. That there was a time before, there was a time before, there was a longing and a yearning and a hunger before. And and what we are drawn towards is this wonder of the reality that, that that time before is no more. It's no more because God has fulfilled the promise. And, and yet, even as we, as, we, as, we, as we are drawn to the sense of wonder, it also re- replenishes us with hope. Because we know that he has come. He has given us his spirit. He has given us his church. His kingdom is already breaking in, as it were. But it's not fully here because he is at the right hand of the Father. But he didn't say, hey, I'm going to the right hand of the Father. That's just going to be how things are. So, you know, so enjoy what I've given you. He says, I've given you so much, but there's even more. There's even more. He said, if I go, I will come again. Because he's preparing a place. Right? He's preparing to restore all that's been broken. To fix all that's been wrong. Right? He's reconciling and restoring all things unto himself. And whenever God says it's time, his son will come. And so even while we live in the joy uh, 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 of the, 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 the wonder that he has come, there is this hope because In the midst of all this, there's still sorrow and loss. And friends still disappoint you. And ministry leaders don't have integrity. And churches sometimes, where they should be a respite and a haven, they fail you as well. So, we're in this season of Advent. And my hope today is that we will be filled with wonder and filled with hope. I have a short video I want to play for y'all. There's a, a, a theologian, Walter Brueggemann. He's one that I love. Uh, he's being interviewed, but then um, there's a prayer at the end 
um, that he has written out. And, and as that prayer is going, don't just read the words, but take time to maybe utter this prayer yourself. Advent story is getting ready for the uh, for the birth. The Advent story is getting ready for a bodily intrusion of the transformative power of God into the historical process. He is coming soon as a baby. So. <laughs> So the shepherds thought, the shepherds are a metaphor for the forgotten people. The shepherds were filled with wonder. And the angels said, uh, you ought to be filled with wonder. This is important. History is being broken open with new possibility. what's possible. That the blind will see, the lame will walk, the lepers will be cleansed, the dead will be raised, and the poor will be happy. It is not possible under our current system, but it is possible. You think we're lacking wonder? <laughs> yes, we are lacking wonder. What gives you hope? The script and the community that practices it. made you think a little bit, but that's what I want us to think about is, he, he said, do you think that we lack wonder? And we might, we do, maybe you're finding in yourself that you've lacked the wonder, 
Well, what causes a lack of wonder? Uh, J.B. Phillips uh, writes this. He says, the towering miracle of God's visit to this planet on which we live will be glossed over, brushed aside, or rendered impotent by over-familiarity. We're so familiar with the story that sometimes it just, it's not a wonder to us anymore. It's easy to take for granted. You know, Phillips, uh, in this article, uh, he states that over-familiarity is not just unfortunate. Right? That's what you kind of initially think. Oh, man, I don't want to become too familiar and, and, and gloss over the towering miracle of God visiting this planet. It would be so unfortunate if I did, wouldn't it? No. He says, it's not just unfortunate, it's dangerous. Why dangerous? What's the danger? He said, you grow from awe to indifference. And then you can grow to contempt. Some examples, right? Um, you, it can work in relationships. You've heard the old statement, familiarity breeds what? Contempt, right? And, and, and maybe you've had that with some relationships. A lot of relationships, actually, familiarity, the more that you get to know one another, the more that you actually uh, learn to love and trust each other. Now, you do grow contemptuous about some things. You know, some of those things that you used to love about him, ladies. Now they get on your nerves. And guys, the way that you used to think she was so beautiful. And if you're not careful, your eyes start wandering elsewhere. It can work in relationships, but in healthy loving relationships, usually familiarity grows one's heart greater and greater towards the other. So let's think about some practical things. Let's think about like uh, the, the, electri the electrician who's working with high voltage electricity. If that electrician is not careful, if he, they become over familiar, they become too comfortable, it can be dangerous. Can it not? Or let's think about the seafarer, or even us, when we're enjoying a day at the beach, right? Anyone who knows the sea will say this, by all means, love the sea, but never lose your respect for it. Never lose your respect for it. So... I've thought about these things. I've thought about uh, uh, this, which uh, uh, others have said, and, 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 and it began to create in me, okay, so what might we have lost our sense of wonder? I mean, there's a lot to, 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 to marvel at with the, the, the story of God putting on flesh and blood, with the story of God fulfilling his ancient promise and sending his Messiah, with the story that revealed to the world as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There's a lot to marvel at in this story. And so I begin to, I begin to think through it and go, okay, what might we, what marvel might we have lost? What wonder might we lose or might we gloss over? Because we're so familiar with the story. What might we actually become 
contemptuous against with this story. And here's my supposition. And this is just one thing, and don't say that I'm making the full final conclusion of this either, okay? Because if something else comes into your head, let the Spirit bring that other thing into your head too, okay? That's how the Spirit works. It's not for you to go, well, he didn't say this. He doesn't know a whole lot. The Spirit knows a whole lot more than I do, right? And the Spirit's able to speak to us all individually, but here's, here's, here's where I, I, I want to track today. The wonder... One of the wonderful things, one of the marvelous things, one of the awe-inspiring things about God coming into this world is how he came. Y'all heard Brueggemann say, and he's coming in a baby, as a baby. And it's not even just that he came as a baby. He came, he humbled himself to become humanity, human, right? Uh, he, he, he was born not in a palace, not in a place of power and privilege and prestige. He was not born under like questionable circumstances. What do you mean? <laughs> you, you mean the Holy Spirit impregnated you, Mary? Okay. So I'm just going to categorize it like this. He came in humility and weakness. Did y'all read that last part of that prayer? Come in your power, and you could almost say, or come in your weakness. In any case, come! He came in humility and weakness, and here's the thing. I believe that that is what we can grow contemptuous about. Because we are ready for God to move. We are tired of the same old, same old status quo, the way things have been. We're tired of the news. We're tired of the wars. We're tired of, uh, I have friends who I, I work out with, and um, they uh, already have four children, and they're going to be welcoming three other children in their home because those three children's parents are abusive. Two-month-old baby sends me a picture of this beautiful baby who has shaken baby syndrome and broken ribs. Why does a two-month-old have broken ribs? You can't sit back in humility and weakness anymore, God. It won't do. Come. I believe it's this humility and weakness which we can grow contemptuous about. And this is such a danger, right? This is not just unfortunate, it's a danger because the way that you and I bring the power, the transformative power of God to bear on this earth is through us being humble and choosing that full, the world's foolish way of the cross. Looking weak and beggarly you and I. It's dangerous because you and I, when we grow contemptuous of it, we choose no longer to be humble. We choose no longer to be forgiving. We choose no longer the way of the cross that leads home. We take up some other tactics. 
That's my supposition. Do you track? Now I want to take us to some scripture. And so that we can kind of remember that I, this, this might be a good supposition, but let's go to some scriptures so that we can remember that this isn't just some, 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 some bumbling buffoon up here. Although I am a bumbling buffoon, but I'm standing on some solid ground. So uh, Brueggemann uh, mentioned uh, the shepherds in the field. And so I want us to uh, remember that text. And so uh, if you want to turn in your Bible, you can turn in your Bible to uh, Luke chapter 2. But I'm also going to have it up on the screen here in just a second. Luke chapter number two. And I'm reading from the King's English um, because of the language being familiar to a lot of us. Um, I, I feel like it's good, but I always would encourage y'all, you know, read it in, uh, throughout the season. Read the stories in different translations and things of that nature so that you can kind of capture uh, maybe some things that you... So you aren't over-familiar with the text, right? Um, so here we go. It says, and there were in the same country. This is right after Jesus. They've just testified that Jesus has been born. It says, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field. They were keeping watch over their flock by night. And, and, and lo, look, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Here's how you'll know that what we say is true. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with that one single angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, and they were saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass that as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. A, I love this statement because it's like, well, duh, right? <laughs> like, and then they were like, well, let's go do this thing. But here's where we really need to fix today. Let's go into Bethlehem, see this thing which has come to pass. And, and you could say it like this, which the Lord has shown to us. Brueggemann said the shepherds are a metaphor for the forgotten people. You know why you could use the shepherd as a metaphor for begotten people or for forgotten people? Well, you can use that as a metaphor for forgotten people because one by one, Jesse's sons were brought before Samuel. And they didn't even think to bring the old shepherd boy before the prophet because they didn't even think the old shepherd boy would be anointed. He gets forgotten. The shepherds are... Their sheep are paying attention to them. Their sheep need them. But, 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 but they're just taking care of a service, of a duty. And, and really, it's kind of like taking your car to the mechanic. Hey, I'm just going to, I don't want to think about it. You take care of it. You take care of it. And so, 
if we want to talk about him coming in humility and weakness, this is, this is one of the points right here. You find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, right, lying in a manger. And we know that this is a feeding, uh, feeding bin and that water, food would have been uh, given to the animals. Could you think about putting your child in your dog's bowl? See, don't grow over familiar with the text. But then it's also to whom this good news is revealed. This good news is revealed to us. Like, let's go, let's go take a look at this thing that the Lord has shown to us. Us, who are us? Why do we know? Why do you know? Why do I know? You know, over familiarity, you know, Asher, you've grown up in this church. You were in your mom's belly whenever you were in this church. And, and guess what? It can become so familiar to you that you that you don't marvel that there is a whole world of people who don't know this good news. There's still 111 people groups in this world who people are trying to engage with, but they've never been able to come to them. A missionary, a spirit-filled disciple has never come to them. Now, don't think that God's hand is shortened, because it is not. Because the God who works through visions and dreams then still works through visions and dreams today. So I'm not sitting there going, oh, no, they're not going to know about Jesus. Jesus is going to make himself known. So I'm not, I'm not concerned that they don't know. But what I do know is that there are people who've been given this opportunity, and we take it for granted because we've lost the sense of wonder that I got to hear this good news. Can we capture that wonder that it's been revealed to us? And they came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Everything just as the angels said. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. So they went and they told everybody. Because this was the major news. And all they that heard it wondered or marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary wasn't going around saying, you know who my baby is? Mary was holding on to it. And really it seems like for 30 years she didn't tell anybody what God had revealed to her. They all wondered, and if you think about this, why, why are they marveling at this? Why, why is it such a wonder? Well, you can go, well, they're just wondering at the, the, the fulfillment of the promises. A lot of things to wonder about. But also think about this. Here are these, this ragtag group of shepherds, stinky old shepherds, running through the city, telling everybody that they know, guess what happened to us? Good news, uh, uh, I bring you uh, good news that will be great joy to all people. Well, what's the good news? The king has come. The long-awaited Messiah is here. Oh, did, did, did uh, Herod have a new baby? Nope. Nope, he didn't. I didn't see the palace news this last week. I didn't hear that there was a new noble prince born. Well, he wasn't born a noble prince. He was born in out-of-the-way Bethlehem. 
Oh, Bethlehem, you who are, who are, who are little and, and, and out of the way in a forgotten place, you will one day be revered, the prophet said. I, I just, I wonder how much they were marveling over the, the feasibility of it all. The ridiculousness of it all. The absurdity of it all. <laughs> okay. 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 Sure, I believe you. Yeah, our king came. God put on flesh and blood. God fulfilled this promise and he came as a baby born to poor Joseph and Mary under very questionable circumstances. And then went and told the shepherds about it. We've been watching this um, documentary about this recent cult uh, that w went through like, uh, it, it's actually still there, but um, um, you sit there and you hear these people and they're saying all these ridiculous things and then if you're not careful, you have to remember that our faith testifies that our king was crucified and he rose again on the third day and that he's at the right hand of the father that he's coming back and if you become too familiar with that you forget that that sounds a little crazy and so that's why c.s lewis is right to say like hey either jesus was true or he was a lunatic and a liar Either he's Lord or he's lunatic or liar. He can't be. We can't go around making the claims that Jesus made and be like, well, I'm, I'm of sound mind, like, unless it's true. And if Paul, we talked about this last night, we mentioned this last night, Paul said, if it's not true, we are of all people to be most pitied. Oh, you precious one. Oh, you got duped, Cilicia. Hmm. You, you know, they marveled because, I, I, I would say, because it doesn't sound a lot like uh, the prayers that they had prayed. Isaiah 64, 1, this was a prayer that, 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 that the people would have been praying leading up to the, the coming of Christ. Oh, that thou wouldest rend the heavens and that thou wouldest come down, that the mountains might flow down at thy presence. God, when you come, it, it's going to be like this. It's going to be earth-shattering stuff. As when the melting fire burneth, the fire causeth the waters to boil, to make thy name known to thine adversaries, that the nations may tremble at thy presence. I bet when you come, God, everybody's going to be doing this. I love what Walter... Or, um, um, no, Walter Brueggemann, uh, Eugene Peterson, how he does it in the message. He says, oh, that thou would rip open the heavens and descend and make the mountains shudder at thy presence. And as like when a forest catches fire, as when fire makes a pot boil, to shock your enemies into facing you and make the nation shake in their boots. That's the expectation. So why were they marveling? Well, because a baby born in out of the way Bethlehem and this message revealed to shepherds, the forgotten. Well, that's not, that's not our enemies shaking in their boots, is it? 
That's not a fire that can, that, that, that can burn up a forest and make the water boil over the fire. It's not the mountains quaking. Nope, it's none of that. So why did they marvel? Well, because this is a great display of humility and weakness, is it not? Is it not? Let us not lose our sense of wonder at this great display of humility and weakness. This great display of humility and weakness is why you and I have a shot. See, God's not too proud to be patient with you and me. He's not too proud to be compassionate towards you or I. God is not too proud to extend some grace and mercy our way. God's not too proud to look at us and say, oh, you need forgiven because you do not know what you are doing. Even though we might say, well, I should have known better. God goes, I'm just going to give you the benefit of the doubt. I'm not too proud to give you the benefit of the doubt. See, because of his humility and weakness, you and I have an opportunity for grace, for forgiveness, for healing, for restoration. Could you imagine, really, if he were to come in all the power that we ascribe to him, could we even stand in his presence? But he reveals to us, hey, I know you ascribe all this might and power to me and you want to be afraid of me, but you should know I'm not one to be feared. I'm one to be loved. To be received. Damn the rest of the world, I don't care if they get their shot. Because essentially, when we're saying, come now, I don't care what gives, we have lost. That the reason why this world is in the way that it is, is because it's filled with people like you and I, who have gone their own way. Doing their own thing. And, and these people probably, they're, they're not the pioneers, as, as we talked about this even earlier. They're not the pioneers of the brokenness. They are products of it. A lot of their brokenness, well, it, was, it was brokenness that happened to them, and they're traumatized. And you and I, who have been given a shot, if we remember, man, because he came in humility and weakness, he revealed to us that he is humble and he is kind, this God who reigns above everything. He does not come and say, oh, I want you to be shaking in your boots, but he says, oh, oh calm down, calm down, fear not, I bring you good news. Great joy. Take a breath. You and I have a shot because he is not too proud to have compassion on us. So then you and I, we need to hold on to this wonder so that we can have compassion on those who are broken. But instead of compassion, what do we have? Frustration, angst, and anger. Vendettas. Vitriol. You know why this country is so much this? 
because of all of them people. Well, if it is because of all them people, then what should we be doing? Should we be complaining about it? Or should we be, be should we be filled with compassion to run to them? To lift them up out of the miry clay, to set their feet on solid ground. Well, I don't know. I don't know. But I don't, you know what happens if you act weak and beggarly around these folk. They just take advantage of you. I'm so contemptuous of that humility and weakness stuff. Oh, really? Because Jesus said that's the power that he has on hand for you and I. That's where we get our power from. That's where the Spirit actually moves. That's where the Spirit, this regenerative power of the Holy Spirit works when you and I stop acting proud and stop walking around like we have to be so strong, so, so stilled against any tenderness or compassion. The power is through the way of the cross. See, this humility and weakness didn't end whenever he became a boy who turned into a man, and now I can walk around with some bravado. Right? Now I can put people in their place. Nope, he carried this humility and weakness all the way to the point where they are bringing him before a leader who has the authority on earth to end his life. And he says, I'm not scared of losing my life at your hand because I actually have greater authority. See, you and I, when we forget the wonder of this or we, we, we come too familiar with the wonder and we grow contemptuous of the way of the cross, you and I forget that we have more authority than anything in this earth could provide us. We have authority in heaven. You and I forget that this life is not the only life that we live. You and I forget that there is an eternal life waiting for us. That there is a resurrection life waiting for us. That, 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 that God has said, hey, I want you to no longer be afraid of dying. I want to free you from this fear of death and unleash you. And now you don't have to worry about how, how people perceive you. Are you going to look weak and beggarly? Okay. Okay. As Paul would say, if people think me a fool, right? If they, if they look at me and they go, what, what are you doing? Then I glory in it because obviously I'm looking like my liberating King Jesus. Am I not? And on that point, let's just read a little bit from 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I don't have this up on the screen, so you are either going to have to follow along in your Bible or pull up your Bible app, or you can just give ear. Paul says, oh, man, we could just read a lot of 1 Corinthians. So y'all just sit down. No, I'm just joking. Um, he says, I, brethren, chapter 2, verse 1. When I came to you, I came not with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. I didn't want you to know anything about me except for Jesus. And so if I want you to see Jesus in me, I have to look like Jesus. And I don't know if y'all know this. Jesus, like, I know he had some fans, but Jesus was challenged at every step. Everything he said was misinterpreted. It was twisted. It was questioned. 
Jesus didn't look like the one with power and authority. And I know we've talked about this before, but all those times that we read it and we're like, oh, Jesus just shut them down. I bet if we were there that day, a lot of people would have said, man, Jesus, you could have put them in your place, but you look like the idiot now. But we don't read it that way because he's our hero. But if you read it, not from that perspective, if you read it from this other perspective, you're like, Jesus, I want you to say a whole lot more to them. I want you to be, oh, show them who you are. And he's like, hey, I'm not too proud to be patient. I didn't want you to know anything other than Jesus Christ and him crucified. So I come and I don't come. Listen to me, I'm Paul. No. But they didn't get this. They missed it. They lost the wonder of the humility and weakness. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. So that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I'll pause there because I'll let y'all go ahead and read the rest of it. But Paul is a prime example of somebody who didn't lose the wonder of the humility and weakness. But he was talking to a group of folks who had lost that wonder. And now they're questioning Paul and his authority and his capability as a, as a, as a, as a leader and as a teacher of them. Hey, you know what? Come to think about it, Paul, you look kind of like you didn't come to us like these other guys are coming to us. These other guys are coming to us and said, hey, you know how much my services cost? I'll come and teach to you, but you know I'm a valued teacher. Oh, man, if, he's a, if, he, if he charges a lot of money, then he must be worth the price, huh? And why? Why did Paul come so that Jesus could be known? Why did Paul come in weakness so that the spirit, the power of the spirit could be at work? And why did he do this? He didn't do it for his sake. He did it for their sake. He did it so that their faith would stand in power and authority. So, I think I've made my case today, have I not? We need to be filled with wonder this Advent season. And my hope is that we will be filled with the wonder, the wonder, the fresh wonder of the humility and weakness in which God visited us. And that we will be filled with the wonder that it's through humility and weakness that power is actually at hand. Let me think about it this way. What's our power source? Humility and weakness, right? You know, I, I, I taught about this on um, Wednesday night uh, in our Ecclesiastes study. Um, and uh, in Ecclesiastes chapter number um, five, um, uh, 
the writer of Ecclesiastes, he's like, you don't even have a place before God. Like, well, don't come and try to present something to him because you're just too little insignificant is kind of the idea that you get there. And, and it's funny because that's true, but it's also like coming from this place of despair. But if you come from a place of hope, like we have in the gospel, what you find out is God's not a God that we come to and we present ourselves to. Like, look at me. Am I, am I shiny enough? Like, God's the God that we come to and we go, I need help. Papa, that's what Hebrews tells us, that Jesus has come so that you and I could go to the throne of grace when we need help. When we need help. And so we can say, God, I don't have the strength to forgive, and I don't have the desire to forgive. And God's not going, I can't believe you don't have the strength or the desire to forgive. God's going, no, I know you don't. But guess what? I got the spirit for you. And I can change your heart. And I can open you up to this possibility, this realm of possibility. God, I, this, per, this type of person, I don't care if it is. There's racism, there's bigotry, there's uh, all types of different reasons why we don't like people, why we don't want to hurt them or help them. Uh, you know, well, they, they, I don't like people who aren't willing to lift a finger for themselves, and I don't want to help them. And God goes, okay, can I, can I fix your heart? Can I help you get there? Because... I don't care how you feel about them. I want you to know I love them. I love them with an everlasting love. And I came to this earth draped in humility and weakness so that they could approach me to find salvation and rescue. Just like you did. And so, if we are filled freshly with this sense of wonder I want us to be filled freshly with a sense of wonder at the humility and weakness, knowing that that is the power that you and I have. It's through that that we get to see the Spirit's power exercised, used. And it's through that that you and I get to bring transformative power in this world. The wars aren't going to do it, I can promise you that. You know why they're fighting today in Israel? Because they've been fighting. And they keep pointing fingers because they've been pointing fingers. Because one retaliates to the other and, and back and forth. And why is it going on in Ukraine today? Because of that. And why is it going to happen here? Because of that. I really have to be done now. Okay, I'm sorry. I can keep going. Amen? Amen. 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 Lord, we love you. We thank you for who you are. And Lord, my prayer is this, that you would fill us full of wonder and lord let us marvel at the way that you came in humility and weakness let us marvel at the reality that's this absurd this absurd notion that uh, this you know, what, what seems foolish to us lord but it's not lord that your power is at work through our weakness lord uh, that you you are at work not when we are proud and arrogant not when we are vain and and, and, and cruel but lord you are at work when we are able to be humble and kind, and tender, and compassionate. Lord, I, I pray. Uh, here's my prayer today. Maybe there are some here.